1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Over 125 years ago, the Columbian Exposition was staged in Chicago on Lake Michigan's shoreline. Visitors from around the country and world were first introduced to many industrial technologies and commercial offerings that would shape 20th century culture. This book explores a collection of event photographs and juxtaposes them against a set of modern images to catalog the living remnants in art and architecture around the city as a legacy to the 1893 World's Fair. 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition, now available from Amazon. Audiobook version available soon. Thanks for having me here tonight. I am Keila Parkinson, and I'd like to know, raise your hand if you have heard of coaching. If you read the title of the speech, then I guess you've heard of coaching, right? Um, but raise your hand if you've ever considered working with a professional coach in your own life, maybe taking an online class or something. I'm guessing that if you're here tonight, you might want to know a little bit more about coaching and have some ideas about how it might help you. So let's get right into what is coaching. Coaching is basically just like business or sports coaching. Coaching is basically training with a set of instructions and goals. So trying to figure out how to get you to the success map. And it usually provides a therapeutic approach to that process guiding you to success. And there are many different types of professional coaches. Raise your hand again if you've heard of a life coach, right? Life coaches we've all heard of, but what exactly do life coaches do? It's very mysterious. So life coaches typically work with the personal aspects of your goals. So what are your individual personal goals? They typically work one-on-one -on -one with a client and a, and a coach. And they often can focus on maybe a specific aspect of your life goals, like relationships or health or money. There is a uh, life coach here in Northwest Indiana, in Valparaiso, in fact, named Betty Russell, who is a relationship coach. And she specializes in divorced people who are looking for a second chance at love. So that's just one example of the coaches here in Northwest Indiana who specialize in life coaching in a specific way. There's also business coaching, and if you've heard of that, you may wonder what is business coaching and how is it different from life coaching. And business coaching typically focuses on the professional aspects and goals that you have in your life, so what you want to improve professionally. And then there are different types of business coaches as well. Um, business coaches are often hired by a company to come in and work with either teams or individuals, and they'll oftentimes, if they're hired by that company, they'll be in, including the corporation's goals into the individual's goals as well and the coach's goals. However, there are some business coaches who are known as organizational coaches, and they look at the whole structure of the organization, and they, whether they're working with a team or an individual, they look at those organization's goals, and that's their main point of focus. There are also executive and career business coaches. Executive coaches, as you might guess, will work with high-level executives, and they'll focus the most on maybe um, the concept of leadership or management and bring those into the strategies and the coaching practice. And then career coaches can work also typically one-on-one -on -one with people, and they will work mostly with the concepts of whether it is finding your passion and what you want to do as a career path, or maybe reinvent your career path, or maybe just strictly job placement. And the job placement portion of career coaching was very popular here in Northwest Indiana between 2008 and 2010, when we saw that economic downturn. 
So what is communications coaching? If um, you heard anything about my bio, then you know that I'm a communications coach. And so communications coaching specifically, the way I practice it, draws a little bit from life coaching and personal goals and business coaching and professional goals. People typically come to me because they have professional goals that they want to meet. And we'll look at their overall needs because a lot of times the communications challenges that you have professionally, you also have in your personal life. And so we know that if you need to speak better in some specific way, it affects you everywhere. So um, it draws from all those different listed concepts and it has that professional and personal point of view. It can be done individually or in teams as well. And it can include an employer or a company's goals. There are times that I am hired by a company to come in and work with a team member or a specific team. And in those cases then, I bring in the company's goals in addition to the, the client's goals and my personal goals as a coach. It focuses on the barriers to communicating effectively and the goals for improving that. And it also works to correct any technical elements, so perhaps microphone etiquette or being able to project, which I don't do very well in this place, as you can tell. <laughs> Thank you for listening closely. Or being able to maybe um, use appropriate gestures when you're public speaking, or maybe even like right posturing when you're negotiating, those types of things, right? So just being able to have a power stance when you're negotiating and trying to ask for something. There is also a, a type of coaching called speech coaching, and that's something I used to do with Fortune 500 companies around the country. And speech coaching strictly works to correct these technical elements. It just focuses on those things. One way that communications coaching is different from speech coaching is that it may also bring in some more esoteric types of things, like maybe reading body language when you're in the part of a sales cycle, trying to read from that prospect, or being able to read their micro expressions, because there are some expressions we just can't hide. So those are the types of things that communications coaching looks at, <clears throat> in addition to just the technical elements of speech coaching. Now every coach has processes and tools. And one thing I want to say too about coaching in general is that there is no overarching governing body for coaches. There are no needs for licenses in the US or even internationally at this point. And so if you're looking or considering to get coaching, one of the things you want to do when you're vetting that particular coach is find out how do they get to be an expert in the field they claim to be an expert in. Even though there are no overarching guidelines or legalities governing coaching as an industry, there are some bodies that do train coaches and attempt to self-regulate. And the largest one of those is the International Coaching Federation. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to icf.org, ICF for International Coaching Federation. And that is an international governing body that tries to do some self-regulation and trains and actually credentials coaches. My personal background comes from having been a speech coach, and so I started off as a producer and then a speech writer and was promoted into speech coaching for different Fortune 500 companies because I had some affinity for that. So I got on-the-job training, and I'm currently in the process of getting accreditation from the ICF myself, and I have some credential there just because of my years of training and my five years of practice here in Northwest Indiana. But every coach, no matter what the type of coach they have, has a process and has specific tools that they use. And just to give you one example, I'm going to go over mine. So when a client comes to me, the first thing we do is sit down and identify the areas of strength and the areas of challenge with something I call the initial needs assessment. And it's just a you know, stack of pages, three questions, very simple, but very comprehensive as well. One has a huge checklist. We look at any of those barriers to communicating. So those barriers might include things like visual or auditory impairment that may get in the way of communicating, or a physical disability that maybe um, lowers confidence or is distracting in, in different ways. 
or it could be things that are mental, such as alcoholism, autism, depression. I have worked with clients who have checked these boxes and we have worked with that because if it gets in the way and creates fight or flight in any way, that's when you're lowering your confidence and you're not able to communicate clearly or think and speak effectively. So it's really important for me to know all those areas so I can get a big assessment of what it is we're, we're dealing with and how that might get in the way professionally, even when you think it doesn't. The next step is always to gain an awareness of what happens specifically for you as the client in fight or flight. So anytime we encounter a new area, that signals fight or flight to the brain because it's something that says, hey, be on alert, there might be tigers across this hill, right? So we have to figure out, even though that's a, a great asset for us to have as survivors, fight or flight becomes a liability in our civilized society a lot of times when it affects us. So it's important for us to know what happens to you specifically in fight or flight. And I go through something that I call the BMT index, which simply stands for body, moods, and thoughts. It's a very quick self-assessment to say, what is happening to you in that fight or flight? It breaks down fight or flight to its three working parts, the physical part, the emotional part, and the cerebral mental part. And so what's going on in your body, moods, or thoughts in that moment? And one thing I do with clients, which can be very um, surprising to them, is I make them, I actually trigger the fight or flight response in them in the moment so we can actually see what tools we can use to change it for them. My goal is to have that real time effect of changing fight or flight right away and not having to deal with it so that you can think and communicate and speak effectively. And so I trigger that fight or flight and we, I make that come up for them. And it's amazing the kinds of things I've seen in practice where people will be on the brink of tears or grown men crying or people feeling nauseated. And I always have to apologize and say, I'm sorry, this is very, very brief and uncomfortable and thank you for being vulnerable with me because we do trigger that. So we can move to the next part, which is being able to change that brain chemistry in the fight or flight. And the first tool I give all of my clients is what I call the key motto, which is really just an affirmation statement. So it's different and more powerful from an affirmation statement because a typical affirmation statement is something you use over and over and over, and then you start to see results from. With the key motto, you say it one time, and you cycle right out of fight or flight. It amazes me when I see clients and we hit that right sentence for them and the tears dry up and the nausea goes away and their shoulders go down, their head goes up and they smile and they feel confident and they can actually access higher level thinking then and they can figure out the right answers to solve their problems and be effective communicators in that moment. So it's very, very powerful. <clears throat> As we continue coaching, whether it's in a team setting or individually, our next goal is to just keep practicing these tools such as the key motto and the BMT index and many, many others, and gain some more self-awareness. And so the way that I ask them to regulate that so that we can measure and see if this is working is just a simple self-assessment on a zero to 10 scale. Zero, it's not working at all. 10, it's working great. And the way that we look at that is maybe when we're first measuring when they come to me, if it's confidence, for example, they want to build, we may rate where the confidence is in this specific level. So confidence in negotiating, for example. Maybe it's at a number two. And as we work for a while, it moves up to a four or a five, and then it goes to an eight or a nine. And once we've accomplished negotiating, they're at a 10 plus, and they want to move on to the next goal, which is really great. The three keys to communication is something I bring in as one of my goals to all of the coaching that I do. This I can do whether it's in a one-off group workshop, whether it's in a series of workshops to a team, or a series of group coaching sessions to a team, or whether I'm working long-term with one individual. I always bring in these three keys to communication, and they are, as I call them, self-honesty, relational honesty, and universal honesty. And these really translate to some soft skill sets of self-awareness, 
empathy for yourself and others, and accountability. And I personally believe that if you bring in self-awareness, empathy for yourself and others, and personal accountability to all of your interactions, then you are going to be confident, focused, and authentic with your message, and you will be a magnet to those you wish to attract, which is very, very important. Graduates of this process of the three keys to communication in my long-term coaching practices, they are able to use these and the various tools that we give them and adapt those tools and apply them to all of their interactions and have a lot more control over how they want the outcomes of their conversations and all of their different communications, whether it's verbal or written or however, especially prospecting and sales cycle and that type of thing. It's very empowering. So my coaching philosophy, as I've mentioned, is that when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. And that goes to my belief that confidence is a soft skill that can be learned. A lot of times we think there are certain people who are just born confident, but that is not the case. Confidence is taught. And we all have areas where we're confident and areas where we don't feel so confident. And like I said, anytime we encounter something new, it triggers fight or flight and confidence goes down. So it's really important to know that confidence can be learned even in a new area. And it helps you whenever you're able to be confident, focused, and authentic with your message to get a leg up over any desperate competitors you might have who think that they're trying to reach everybody and just want to get out there and blanket the world, right? It enhances your personal life. And one anecdote that I want to share about that is I had a client, and this is the thing that was escaping me. I had a client who came to me. She, was a, she is a local realtor here in Valparaiso. And she came to me because... She was successful already, and she had a very good history and track record here in the, in the um, town and actually throughout Porter County, but she really thought that she could do better at prospecting during networking meetings, and she just felt like she could be more vulnerable and open, and she wanted to not be salesy, but to be really authentic and to connect with people, and so she knew she had to get vulnerable to do that. So we made that a goal for our coaching, and she wound up being able to use these skill sets that we talked about in her personal life with her husband, with her son, with her mother. And then because of that, she had so much less stress in her life. She got rid of the insomnia she had been having and she was able to completely go off her blood pressure medication. So it's amazing how when you look at this broad scope, you can actually accomplish so many things. And the part of my process that I bring into this in order to do this is an intentionally Jungian psychological process so that I'm teaching people to grow through this self-awareness and this empathy for self and others and this whole concept of accountability. And it's really amazing to see people grow in this way. The other main point that it does whenever you use these three keys and subscribe to this confident, focused, and authentic message is it helps you improve your boundaries. And again, a lot of times when we're trying to sell our businesses and ourselves, we go out into the world thinking we're trying to help everybody and we really want to attract everybody to us but we're really not trying to help everybody we should be honed in on a specific target audience that's ideal for us and whose problems we solve and knowing who that is and being able to be focused and authentic with your message weeds out the ones that you're never going to be able to help and that are only going to be headaches for your business and so it's amazing to be able to have that boundary there too and the other point that I wanted to make is that my my slogan is Find your motto, speak your truth, and grow your world. <clears throat> and my mission as a um, company is to be able to help organizations and companies and individuals all over the world grow and thrive, starting right here in Northwest Indiana. Indiana.